Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. On this week's episode, we have sort of special situation going on. I'm your host, Michael E. Evans, and today we're going to be going through the process. Let's hit it. Welcome to Improv for the Podcast. I'm your host, Michael E. Evans. And on today's show, we're going to be interviewing The Process. Now I know what you're thinking. The camera just cut to wide, and all you see is a notebook and a pen sitting over there in a chair. Because this episode is going to be a little funky. We're going to be trying something different. This is a special episode for episode 31, uh, a concept that I've thought about for a little while. And uh, kind of want to explain. So in this episode, we're going to be going through improv for the process, right? The process. And when I say the process, I mean it could be writing something, creating a video, uh, just like exploring a bit or a funny idea. We've talked so much on the show about uh, improv as its own individual art form. We've talked about using improv as a tool. And so for today, I kind of wanted to give a peek into somehow or some ways that I use improv kind of in my own work, whether it's making a stupid online video, uh, just joking around with friends, maybe just literally thinking, trying to think of something funny and exploring it further on my own, like a bit, but by myself when I'm in traffic, in the shower, whatever that looks like, and turning that into a more fleshed out idea, um, whether I want to do stand-up comedy with it, you know, whatever. But using improv, right, and just going through that myself um, as a tool into further fleshing something out, that was super redundant, I know. But um, that's what we're going to be exploring today. And what this is going to look like for this particular episode of the show is that uh, not too long from now, I actually have a six-minute stand-up set that I need to perform for a show. And in truth, I'm not an experienced stand-up. I've taken a class, i performed a little, but it is an art form that I still have a lot to learn in, a lot to practice. So what I thought this episode could be about is kind of watching me generate some ideas, further flesh them out, and kind of seeing the process of those ideas going from us right now in the studio to the final polished product of the show um, in just a few days from now. This could be terrible, it might be terrible. You might not find this interesting, but I thought it could be something fun to explore. Uh, we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week uh, with another guest that we're looking forward to. But for today, it's all about the process. Using improv to help further deepen, generate, yes, and if this is true, what else is true? All these things with your ideas, funny ideas. So I've got right over there my interview partner for today. It's a notebook, and in that notebook are just some ideas I've written down that I'm interested in exploring a little more. So to preface, going into this work, I've written down maybe seven uh, things that I think are funny that I have thought of uh, over the past couple of days or so. Maybe they go further back. Uh, in truth, I have a like notes folder in my notes app on my phone where I just write down stupid stuff all the time. Uh, for example, the only adult recorder player you've ever met uh, that was an example because I've never met an adult who still plays the recorder, yet many of us as children were forced to. 
So think about that, huh? Kind of weird. Uh, so we're going to work through this notebook. We're going to do a little bit of improvising, just kind of breaking things down, going on one minute rants, see what happens, see if these actually turn into ideas and make it into the final set. And we'll hear that later in the episode. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and grab my notebook and we're going to jump in. All right. So to get us started, I'm just going to read through these ideas out loud just to, uh, just to flesh it out. So the first one, you ever had an unlucky friend? Christian versions of things. My NBA career, no worries, dog signs for liberals, swap meet, and validating parking. I'm going to pick that, and I'm going to do a one-minute rant. So I've got my timer right here. Uh, Giving yourself a time limit at first and just sort of going on a rant can be a helpful tool. Uh, I also encourage you, if this is something you're doing individually, I love using the voice memos app um, because sometimes it's better when you're trying to explore these ideas, at least for me, to do them out loud, right? Uh, writing them down or typing it down doesn't always work for me. I need to do it out loud, think it out, picture it in my head, and just speak it into existence, even if it's stupid. So that's what we're going to do. So I'm going to set a one-minute timer. You ever had an unlucky friend? I'm just going to go with that. You ever had an unlucky friend? Well, what if that friend was you? Like maybe one day you wake up and you go, oh, I'm the unlucky one. And I think I'm in that period of my life right now, just over the past week. I mean, it's mostly car related, but there's some other things going on too. For example, I, my car died while parked at home. I had to get a new battery. I got the battery. Later that week, took my car to the mechanic They said, your AC's broken. That's going to cost you $2,000 to fix. I also found a little crack in my windshield and my right headlight went out. This is all over the span of a week. But this isn't the first time I've been the unlucky person in my friend group. Several years ago, my car was totaled while I wasn't even driving it. What? Who, Who did I hurt to deserve this? All right, that's one minute on a, you ever have an unlucky friend? Car troubles. And I'm, I'm basing these things off reality. Car troubles. Consistent. Let's see. I am the unlucky friend, right? That's what I learned from that, just thinking about that concept. All right, here we go. We're going to move on to the next category, Christian versions of things. Christian versions of things. All right, so I was raised Christian, and one thing I learned growing up is that Christians have their own versions of things, both for better and for worse, right? Uh, Bookstores, music, history. Those are just a few examples, right? Christians have their own versions of things. They're set apart because they're like, oh, I see this. The world does that. That's sinful. We're going to make our own version. So because of that, I started thinking, well, what are some other things Christians could make? What are some untapped markets, right? And the first thing I thought of was grocery stores, right? You could have a Christian grocery store. They sell all the fruits except for apples. Um, They have like fun-shaped pasta. It's shaped like crosses and nails and like tombs, like Jesus stuff. And um, they sell like DIY water-to-wine kits, that would be pretty cool. And then um, what if 
Okay. Nice, nice, nice. All right, so Christian things. I think grocery store, right, was the main thing there. Grocery store, Christian grocery store. Water to wine. Jesus pasta, let's just call it that. Jesus pasta. What else did we have? Water to wine. Jesus pasta. Um, no apples, right? Because apples are the forbidden fruit. That's what Adam and Eve ate and ruined everything else for us. Okay, moving on. NBA career. Okay. And I'm approaching this from kind of a stand-up lens, thinking about how this could work in stand-up. If I were doing something more sketch, I might think about a character, right? Uh, a character that I could play that fits these ideas. So you want to think about that when you're approached. When you're just doing this one-minute rant, maybe you put on an accent, you don't even know where it's going. One I love to do is like a southern accent. Um, can be a ton of fun. All right, so for this next category, it's called My NBA Career. That's just what I wrote down. My NBA career is not going well. That's why I'm recording this podcast tonight. Uh, there's a part of me that thinks I was predestined to not make it to the NBA, even though I try to every day. I am five foot five, meaning, you know, like historically, that's not a height that usually goes far in a basketball, but I haven't let that stop me. In sixth grade, I tried out for the basketball team. And my school had an A team, a B team, and a C team. And I made no team. So I guess my coach's thinking was that I was too good and he didn't want to make the other players feel bad. Shout out Coach DeLuca. Hope you're doing well. Uh, since then, though, uh, I did play a basketball game on my Nintendo GameCube. Uh, I do occasionally shoot things into a trash can at my office. Sometimes I dunk it. All right, I think there's something there, but that was a little sloppy. So NBA career. And on my paper, I just wrote down a list, and then I'm drawing a bunch of arrows to the different notes. It's incredibly sloppy. Maybe I'll try and throw it up at the end. Uh, NBA career. Short. Sixth grade. How to practice basketball off the court right? I think those are the key things from that. It's important that if you want to play basketball, you always find ways to ball, right? Ball is life. Okay. Next category. Uh, this one just says no worries. Oh, okay. I know what I was thinking of. I don't know where this one is going to go. We'll find out. Here we go. No worries, man. But actually, Worries. Like, I have a ton of worries, dude. No, seriously, man. It's like, I said that, but I was lying to you. And I apologize for lying because I actually do have a ton of worries. Like, when I spent my time to help you fix your computer, that was actually really valuable time for me. I needed that, dude. So now I'm kind of screwed on uh, getting my, uh, my work done. So I was helping you. So I, I, helping you gave me more worries than I initially had. So when I said no worries, I lied to you. And you know, I have some other worries like financial. 
emotional, my love life, not going well. So I have a ton of worries, dude. I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't, I should have told the truth when it came to that. I, I actually worry a lot. I have anxiety. Uh, so yeah, so that's no worries. No worries, man. Right? So the, I guess the idea there is like, you know, when someone says like, no worries, but you actually have a, you actually have a ton of worries, which is, I think so true. We always say that, but in reality, oh my gosh, so much to worry about. Sorry, I lied. I have a ton of worries. Because like, I, I really do. I have a ton of worries. All right, uh, next category, we got three more. Ooh, this one, I'm excited for it. This one just says, dog signs for liberals. Okay. Dog signs for liberals, here we go. Whew, okay. So we've all seen those signs, right, that like people, people have at their house. It's like, hey, uh, you better not ring this doorbell unless you have beer or my dog will kill you. Warning, deadly dog lives here. Also, I have a gun, right? Those are, that's basically the gist of the signs, right? But uh, what if there were dog signs for like liberal people? Like, warning, this dog is an LGBTQ ally. (laughs) Warning, in this house, our dog loves all. Just, I don't know, things like that, like, Liberals are, are underrepresented in the, ho- in the home sign business, right? Warning, this dog, this dog voted for Hillary. I don't know. This dog supports Medicare for all. Like, warning, mailman, keep up the great work. You're not a business. You're a service. Oh, there's something there. There's something there. Dog signs. Liberals, this dog is an ally. And I guess that idea can kind of tie back to my dog is racist, question mark? Like, hopefully not, but also maybe? All right, a couple more ideas. We're going to explore it, and then we'll see where these go. We're going to narrow down this list a little bit because it's it's big. There's eight items. Eight things is, I don't think I'm a... Seasons enough stand-up to try and cover eight things in six minutes? Absolutely not. So we're going to narrow it down. All right, number seven, it just says swap meat. But meat is M-E-A-T. Keynote there. All right, let's try it out. Swap meat. Hey, dude. Welcome to swap meat, dude. Brought some ground beef. No? Damn, dude. All right. No, it's cool. It's cool. You got turkey or like tuna or you know, chicken of the sea, albacore. Maybe you brought some like chicken salad. No, dude. You brought cash? This is a swap meat, dude. Look, look. I'll show you right here. Look at my trench coat, dude. I've got like sausages. I've got ground turkey, ground beef, ground chicken. Everything ground. I've got a honey-baked ham here in this side of my jacket. Look, man, it's a swap meet. See my homie right here? 
He came in this morning with six cans of tuna, and he's leaving with two pounds of venison, bro. My man's traded up at the swap meet. You better try and do the same. It's a serious business. Don't you come bringing those Oscar Mayer wieners in here. I mean, enough said, right? A swap meet. You bring one meat and you leave with another. That's what I'm going to write. Bring one meat. Leave with another. All right, last one. Last one. Validating parking. Leave it at that. Hi, yeah. Um, you guys ever thought about validating your parking? No, I mean like, like you get your ticket and you're like, you are so great. Like, oh my gosh, you are the best parking spot. I'm so glad I was in you for under 30 minutes at a cheap, cheap price. Thank you. Oh, parking, you're just, the way your lines are painted, incredible. The numbers on the ground, killing me. 32. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And no cracks, no oil stains. This parking is the best parking that I've ever seen. And the ticket is so clear and concise. I understand that I need to bring it with me when I go into the store. Thank you, parking. You're, oh, I love you. You're amazing. I would park with you any chance I could get. I love you, parking. I love you. That's validating parking. Validating parking? Um, I don't know about that one. I think that, that might need 20 minutes, not one minute. Validating parking. Um, yes, slay. I didn't even say that in a thing, but that's just what I thought of. All right. So what we just did there, we took eight different ideas and kind of broke them down, right? We played in them a little bit, just went on a one-minute rant thinking about what that idea was. And that was both good and bad. So just like off the top of my head, out of my gut, there are a couple of things here that stand out to me that I want to try and explore. And here's what they are. I'm going to say my NBA career, Christian versions of things, dog signs for liberals. So I'm going to move to a separate page. I'm just going to say, like, NBA career, liberal dog signs, Christian first. We're just going to explore them a little more. Think about this in, in the form of a stand-up set, right? So a stand-up set, you probably want to have something you open with, right? You introduce yourself, say hello to the crowd, you know, that kind of thing. You, you get people invested in you, right? You're selling yourself. It's you up there for however long, whether it's your hour-long HBO special or the six-minute slot you are given because you have a lot to learn and you should not be given more time than that. That's where I'm at right now, career-wise, and that's okay. I have no problem with that. Even six minutes, I'm like, are you sure? You could give me three and I wouldn't be offended. So that's what we're starting with. We're going to fill that time. So now we're going to try and evolve this a little more into a stand-up set. Uh, I'm just going to start. I'm going to give myself, we'll see how this one goes. So I wrote down NBA career first. I feel like that could be a great opener. Like, hey, how's everybody doing? Uh, my name is Michael Lee Evans, and my NBA career is not going well. It's actually why I'm here tonight. It's because 
I'm not currently on an NBA roster. Not sure why. <laughs> I've been practicing a lot. Uh, I've got a sick jump shot. I'm not sure what it is about me. So you might be wondering, like, Michael, when did your NBA career start? I mean, when I see you, I just think professional basketball player. A lot of people are saying it. Uh, and professional basketball, my career actually started when I was a kid. Um, in sixth grade, I played basketball at recess, and I decided that was the sport I wanted to go pro at. So that's when my NBA career began. Uh, I tried out for the basketball team. My school had an A team, a B team, a C team, and I made no team. And the way I like to think about that is my coach said, hey, I don't want to waste your time here playing middle school basketball. I know you're meant for greater things. And so although I didn't make the basketball team at school, I continued to dominate on the playground. I would lace up my chucks every day, slap on my corduroy pants in that order, and I'd get out on the court, right? In the paint, out of the paint. I'd be wet from two. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, I knew as I got older, I'd only get better at basketball. And so I did. I reached a staggering height of five feet, five inches. I've got a huge, lanky, athletic build. And, uh, you know, I've honestly found ways to incorporate basketball into my life all the time. That way I'm always ready uh, for when a team calls. So, like, I'm at the office, trash can, tissue. You don't know what I'm going to do. I'm unpredictable. Should I attack the rim? Step back, float it, swish, boom. Snot tissue right in the basket. So many opportunities. Uh, occasionally I trash talk. That's an important part of a professional NBA career. And uh, I do a bit of load management as well, both by myself and with other people. Is that terrible? Okay. I think that's where I'd end that bit about uh, my NBA career. Because come on, load management. Story. There you go. I'm going to say my story starts in sixth grade. Too good for school. I think this works as an intro. Maybe I could tighten it up a little bit. And uh, I should have set this format a little more, but maybe give myself two minutes per segment, right? That would put me at eight minutes. And that's without cutting anything down. Uh, sixth grade, too good for school. Where do I go from there? Too good for school. Always finding ways to practice, right? NBA, we'll say shooting, trash talk, load management. If I'd known basketball was going to be about load management, I would have started playing a lot sooner. No, see, that's inappropriate, but could be good. Because if you know what it is, it's funny. And if you don't know what it is, it's still funny. Um, that's great. 
I don't know that much about basketball, but I know enough for this. Okay, so that's going to be my opening segment, I think. I'm going to talk about my NBA career because it's really going well. All right, so that's my opening segment. And next I'm going to move on to the, uh, the Christian version because I feel strong about that, the Christian version of things. Uh, because I just, I just know a lot about that. So I'm going to give myself a two-minute timer, and we're going to see where this goes, the Christian version of things. Right, so as we know, Christians have a lot of their own versions of things, right? Because the world is sinful. So if you make something set apart, right, sanctified, good to go, right? Christians have bookstores. They've got music. They've got history, right? Their own versions of things that are better, free of sin, they're kosher. No, that's Jewish. They're God-approved. So with Christianity, I thought, they should really find some ways to push things a little further. You know, there's a lot of missed opportunities. I think Christians should look at the Disney model, right? Disney does a lot of things. When the last Star Wars movies came out, they were, they were putting Star Wars on oranges at the grocery store, and I think Disney could learn from that, right? What if there was a Christian grocery store? Think about it. Think about it. You go into the fruit section, and you can find, like, Peter's Pears, you can find a Methuselah's fruit that starts with an M, right? In the, all the fruits in the world except apples. Those are forbidden, right? You go to the pasta section. Oh, my gosh, there's Bible-themed pasta. Crosses, tombstones, nails, right? Some Jesus pasta. You cook it up, have it on Easter. And then there's like a DIY water-to-wine kit that you can get. Think of the party materials, right? Like a Christian grocery store would be dope. But that's not all, right? What else could you come up with? You could have a Christian casino. Think about this, right? You, you come in, you go, oh, welcome to, welcome to the Lord's Casino. All right, welcome to the Lord's Casino. Glad to have you here. Uh, welcome to the Lord's Casino. You know why the Lord has a casino? Now, you may be surprised by my reasoning, friend, um, and my timer's running low, but I'm going to keep going because I'm feeling this. Why, why are you coming to the Lord's Casino, friend? You know that the Lord is actually the biggest gambler of all time. Yeah, that's right. The Lord was the biggest gambler. Yep. Think about it. The Lord, you know what he gambled? He didn't gamble money. He didn't gamble things. He didn't gamble his house. He gambled his son on us. The Lord sent his one and only begotten son to die. That's a crazy gamble, brother. So when you come in here whew, with your hard-earned paycheck, brother, and you slap some dollars down on that craps table, brother, you think, I'm just honoring the Lord by doing what he did. He gave up something for humanity. So welcome to the Lord's Casino, friend. Every dollar goes to the Lord. Yeah, Christ's Casino. That would... That place, that place. Imagine you could have like Christian themed cocktails, like uh, just Bloody Mary. You don't even have to change the name. You could get really messy with that bloody. <laughs> you know where I'm going with that. It was just Easter, right? Uh, the Saul Paul cocktail where like the first half is one flavor, then it switches halfway through. There, there's so much you could do with this. You could do the 12 disciples where it's just um, 12 different types of alcohol mixed into one drink. Oh my gosh. 
The Christian casino sounds dope, but maybe they're mocktails. No, but maybe it's a little bit of alcohol. Maybe there's a water to wine drink where you order water and they just give you wine instead. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. I don't know. There's a drink called the Ten Commandments where you drink it and then you get slapped because you did something wrong. There's something there. There's something there. Um, okay, so that's uh, Christian versions of things, right? The Christian grocery store, the Christian casino. These are strong ideas. All right, so NBA career and the Christian version of things. These are two categories I feel really strong about. And liberal dog signs, a little dicey. But maybe we try it. That's why we're here, to explore, to improvise, and see what happens. So I think I need at least three sections of what I can talk about for this stand-up set. Although it's six minutes, right? You think about like two minutes-ish per thing. Maybe you don't even need that much. Maybe two things is enough. I don't know. I feel pretty good about that Christian version bit. Uh, having experience in that, I feel like there's a lot I can talk about. But let's explore one of these categories just for safety, right? It's good to explore at least three things. Uh, this next segment, liberal dog science. That's the one I chose. I need to give it the old college try, right? I wrote it down, which means I think there's something there. Maybe there's not, but it's worth a try. Liberal dog science. Okay. So conservatives are killing the lawn sign game. They're killing it, you know? No telemarketers unless you come to my door with beer. Otherwise, I will pull out a gun. And that's like basically a summary of every lawn sign, window sign that you can find at a house in the South, right? This flag is for my ancestors. Don't you tear it down unless you have beer. I don't know. I'm really generalizing. But you get the gist of it, right? Like these yard signs. Liberals, we got to step up our game a little bit because right now the only sign we have is like the, in this house, we believe in science. And like, and that's great, but we got to diversify the portfolio. You know, we got we to gotta spread things out a little bit. Like, in this house, our dog is an ally, right? I couldn't get that sign in my house because my dog is racist and potentially homophobic, but you can, hopefully. Uh, we could get a sign like, my dog... My dog tweeted at Elon Musk and told him to resign from Twitter, right? My dog uh, my dog attended uh, a protest of a Shell gas station, right? My dog is an environmentalist, meaning it picks up its own poop. That's gross. Uh, my dog is a vegetarian because it's good for the planet. <laughs> Maybe I need to preface this section with I am liberal. So this is a self-roast. Oh, man. This is tough. This is tough. Liberal dog signs. My dog voted for Hillary Clinton. My dog. My dog believes in health care for all. I mean, in a way, dogs kind of have universal health care. Because, no, that's not true. Dogs don't have universal health care. Dogs' health care is technically tied to employment. 
Because if the dog's owner doesn't have a good job where they can afford things, the dog will not get as good of health care. So in a way, dogs are liberals because a reasonable dog would say, hey, health care shouldn't be tied to employment. We should just, as a dog, because we're cute, deserve quality of life. Oh my gosh, maybe that's it. It's not dog science for liberals. It's just that dogs are liberals, right? Dogs deserve health care for all. That's the idea. Dogs deserve health care for all. Deserve, or let's say Medicare for all, right? Medicare for all. Uh, my dog believes in Obamacare. You know, before he was with me, my dog was living on the streets and wasn't able to afford quality health care. But, you know, ever since we took him in, things have really improved. We've been able to have 21 of his teeth removed. Uh, and we were able to get that hip surgery now. And, uh, you know, we take him to see a physical therapist. He's doing so much better than he was. Dogs deserve Medicare for all. And if that doesn't get people radicalized, because in America... In a way, we care more about dogs than we do human beings. There you go. Oh, my gosh. That, that's it right there. All right. So for this, for this stand-up set, where we stand right now, we have opening with talking about my NBA career, how that's going. We have a middle section where it's, maybe it's talking about the political beliefs of dogs, right? The political beliefs like, Racist dog versus liberal dog, right? How do you radicalize your dog? I guess that's the question, right? How do you radicalize your dog? And I'm going to write that down. And then the Christian version of things. How do you radicalize your dog, right? All right, so maybe that's my middle. So I start talking about introducing myself, talking about my NBA career. In the middle... I talk about how you can radicalize your dog. And in the end, I talk about the Christian versions of things, Christian casinos. So that's the idea for my stand-up set. These are the premises that I'm going to go forward with. I'm going to explore, hopefully polish over the next couple of days. And we'll see how it turns out in the show. So that's going to kind of bring us to a close. So in this episode of Improv for the Podcast, right? Improv for the Process. We went through the process of writing down some ideas, some premises, some stupid things that I thought of. And I took one minute to kind of explore and rant about each of those. And maybe some of those ideas aren't good fits for stand-up, but they could be other things. Something like a swap meet, I think, is a really good visual gag, right? That doesn't work in stand-up. I'm not going to bring a bunch of raw meat on stage. But think about that in like a short or a video, right? You see someone just trading meat. It could be really funny, like trading bacon for like tuna. I don't know. There's something there. Some of these are our visual gags, right? No worries. Actually, man, I have a ton of worries. That's like a short or a sketch. Something like that. Maybe not always stand up. So when you do exercises like this, when you take some premises you have, you write them down, you explore them for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, ten minutes. You don't even have to set a timer. If you're driving in traffic... You have, you know, the 45 minutes that it takes driving from home to IFTP or to work or wherever you're going, right? The point of this episode is to show how we can use improv and just saying like, yes, and this is my idea. 
if this is true about it, what else is true? And taking it somewhere. And improv is, first and foremost, a standalone performance art. And I believe that because it is beautiful. It is one of my favorite performance arts. But it can also be used to help you further develop ideas and turn them into other things. And that's the beauty of it. It can stand on its own, or it can be such an aid and a foundation for all these other things. So that's what I want the takeaway for this episode to be. And we'll see this base structure outline that I have for the stand-up set. We'll see how it's formed into a stand-up set in the final episode. And that's what's going to happen after this. So check it out. Uh, Thank you for joining me on this journey. And until then, we'll see you next time. I'm gonna say it again and you're gonna really go nuts because it's awesome. Let's give it up for our next comedian, shall we? Everybody, um, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but my middle name is actually Kale, so... Uh, I'll be talking to Daryl after the show, but uh, thank you so much, everyone, for being here. I put on my best t-shirt tonight, so, so a lot of effort. Um, so do we have any basketball fans in the house? Raise your hand if you like basketball. Just one? Okay, two, three. Wow, okay, big sports crowd tonight. Uh, perfect. All right, I wrote the great jokes for it. Um, so, I gotta be real with you all. I am, um, my NBA career is not going well. <laughs> it's tough. I mean, I'm here tonight, you know? I could be getting ready for the playoffs, and I'm here. <laughs> now, I always knew since I was a kid that the path to the NBA would be pretty difficult, but I didn't let that stop me. You see, it, it all started back in sixth grade. I tried out for my school's basketball team. They had an A team, B team, C team, and I made no team. But I didn't let that stop me. So every day I would head out to the playground, right? I'd lace up my shots, right? Pull up my corduroys in that order. And I would, I would look up at that basketball hoop and I'd tell myself one day, you're gonna be able to touch the bottom of that net. <laughs> and now, at a staggering height of 5'5", five five, I can. So, yeah, there we go. Short kings, right? That's the language. Uh, so the thing is, I realized you need to practice your basketball skills everywhere you are, not just on the court, right? So nowadays, when I'm in the office, you know, I'm walking around, got a piece of trash, the three-point opportunities everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, when I go to the restroom, I stand at the urinal, make sure I'm on the three-point, uh, the free-throw line, and then I take my shot. I also realize basketball is about so much more than your shooting skills. It's important that you know how to trash talk and intimidate your opponents, for example. What's <laughs> up? <laughs>
All right, I, look, I know I'm not gonna make it an NBA. I'm 29 years old, I'm a little behind. Uh, and, well, if I'm being honest, I look more like a basketball rather than a basketball player, so. Maybe if I wanna find success, I need to find something I know, right? Something I might be good at. So let's think. Um, Christianity, that's something. Uh, yeah. So I was actually raised Christian, so I know it pretty well. Um, it's, it's been a couple years, but I, you know, I got the basics down. And um, I've been thinking a lot lately. Like a number of people, uh, you know, have stepped away from the church in modern times. So, you know, me a thinking man, what can we do to change that, right? Turn that around, get those numbers up. So I had an idea, what if we look to Disney as an example, right? When Disney has something coming out, they market it everywhere, right? All those Star Wars movies, they were terrible, but yet, <laughs> I could go to the grocery store, boom, Star Wars oranges. Next aisle, R2-D2 Tupperware, right? Next aisle, lightsaber condoms. Disney had it covered. So Christians gotta take it to the next level like Disney. And I was thinking, okay, well, what if we had like Bible pasta, right? There's like the 10 commandments, uh, a cross, nails, perfect. But we can do better. So I have a thought, check this out. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Christian Casino. We're so glad to have you here tonight. Now you may be wondering, what in God's name are you doing in a Christian casino? Well, I'll tell you what, brother. Did you know that the Lord is actually the greatest gambler of all time? That's right. The Lord is the biggest gambler I know. I'll tell you what, tell you what, son. Open up your Bible for me real quick and uh, turn to John 3.16. Check this out. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You catch that? The Lord gave his son. The Lord gambled his son for the world. Give me the odds on that. All right, so that's why we're opening up this Christian casino here in Las Vegas. We're trying to save this city. We have the largest feeding the 5,000 all-you-can-eat buffet. We got the biggest baptism pool in all the world. And uh, if you want to try your hand at gambling, whether it's your money or your kids, that's the Lord's way. Come on down to the Christian casino. Sorry, I'm getting a phone call. Hello? It's LeBron James. <laughs> Tonight? Oh. No, 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 I'm free, man. No, it's cool, it's cool, it's cool. Okay, yeah, I'll be there. I'm so sorry, everyone, I gotta go. Uh, thank you so much, that's my time. <laughs>